final hour of the Bill Michaels Show, and we are glad you're with us today. A little bit of a cool day, a little rainy day. That's okay. It's going to warm up tomorrow. going to be kind of goofy over the weekend, a little bit cooler, but, uh, you know, that's all right. Got a lot of good stuff to keep us busy. We've got some Brewers baseball coming up. We're going to have more of the NBA uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals to watch. Certainly uh, the PGA Championship to pay attention to, so... We're in the throes of it right now. That's all right. We still got Admirals Hockey to pay attention to as well as uh, they're going to be taking on the Chicago Wolves. So uh, so a lot happening. A lot happening. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, shoot us an email, a phone call, whatever it happens to be, by all means, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Ben Z. Kenny as well. You can find us there. By all means, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Brewers today, uh, as of right now anyway, locked up 0-0. Corbin Burns has him at first and third with two outs and uh, trying to get out of the uh, the top of the third today. Um, but nothing else happening as far as the, uh, the Brewers go. Hopefully they get a win. They win the rubber game of this series. Um, what uh, what is the uh, what is the uh, Ebo? Oh my goodness! From earlier this morning. Uh, now I didn't hear this, Ben. So we were talking earlier with Will uh, Will Salmon, who of the Athletic, who covers the Milwaukee Brewers. We were asking him about this team, and obviously the fact that the hitting has been so sporadic, it's up and down. One day. You know, one series at home, they're hitting 20 home runs, and after that, they can't can't do it at all. Um, that being said, um, Christian Yelich, oh boy, that's gone, and we're now at three to nothing, uh, three to nothing Atlanta. Austin Riley just went yard on a three run dinger off of Corbin Burns in the top of the third, so three to nothing Atlanta. Um, but going back to Christian Yelich, so it's the video jinx. Is that is that what we're uh, talking about now? So Ebo brought this up earlier this morning, and it was something that you remember when we talked about Yelich's cycle, and I mentioned the fact yeah, that he hit the grand he hit the grand slam, and then he did a video, and he basically was pretty much non-existent at the plate after that, and then he finally started to hit again, and then he hit for the cycle down in Cincinnati, and he did another video, and since then it's basically been non-existent. So we have the analytics on it. Uh, his one week after his first on back Twitter video with the weird bowling guy which was April yeah. 19th, his next seven days, three of 23, seven strikeouts, zero extra base hits. Then the second one, when he hits the cycle at Cincinnati, May 11th, next seven days, two of 18, seven K, zero extra base hits. Oh, that's a kick to the beanbag right there. So he posts a video, and then following the video, the next seven days, he was three for 23 or two for 18. Strikeouts the same at seven and not an extra base hit to his name. The video jinx by one Christian Yelich. Throwing it on himself. How about that? Damn. Though, here's, here's the thing that I, I, and I get this all the time. I get it from numerous people, but the whole, every time he plays well, and I, I hope he plays well. I hope he does. But every time he plays well, it is, oh, by the way, I'm back. Or Yelich is back. What do you think of that? And I keep telling people, what is back to you? And a, a back is, is he back after playing a game and doing well? 
for four games, six games? Because to me, back is a season. What is what is when when you can finally say Christian Yelich is back? What 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 is that determining? What is the yardstick by which you're measuring? Back on Twitter. I don't want him back on Twitter. I want him back on the field. I want him back in as far as being back to Christian Yelich-esque numbers. But I, I've said this all season, uh, you, you know, from preseason, spring training. I, I want the numbers at the end of the year to say 275, 20 to 25 home runs, 75 to 100 RBIs, and, you know, and a decent on base percentage of say three twenty or more. Oh my goodness, back to back home runs—the first time Corbin Burns has done that in a long time. Holy mackerel! Marcelo Zuna just went yard on a single solo shot. It's now four to nothing, Atlanta. Um, boy, think about this: if they lose to Atlanta today, since that massive homestand in which they hit twenty home runs. They will have lost three of the last four series, two to Atlanta, one to Cincinnati, and then they beat the Fish two out of three in in Miami. Man. Not the best of runs right now. But, you know, they're still, much like Will Salmon said earlier, they're still tops in the division, and they're still playing some pretty good baseball. But the bats at times have, have gone away. I still don't think it's the, there's a necessity to run out and panic and start picking up bats, but at some point, if you think you're going to make a run, and for the most part, you would assume that your pitching will hold out, um, you have, at some point have to start thinking about find, figuring out a way to get another bat or two in this, uh, in this lineup, something that's just more consistent. But you hang on because you have had some, some injuries as well. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. But what is what constitutes back for Christian Yelich in your mind? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. What constitutes back? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Because I for for some of you that said he was back and you want to. I guess there's just some people who just, you know, they want to jump on you, go, told you, told you, that type of thing. And I always say it's, you know, it's premature. Because until the season's done, I'm not counting them as back. But, you know, what do, you, what do I know? Um, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, by, by all means. 877-867-1670. Find us. Um. This is from Mark. Mark says, uh, to me, back is Christian Yelich giving us more than just a couple of weeks of good offense. I want at least a month to start to become a believer again. Give me a month in which you're going to hit about 275 to 290 and be consistent at the plate and not look like you're constantly guessing. That, to me, would be back. I still don't think it's back, but okay. Okay. That's better than what some are saying. Put it that way. That's better than what's – oh, damn, that's cold. Did you see the uh... – <laughs> wow, James, you're you're cold. James said, did you see the new uh, Buckswear that they're selling downtown? And it's a Kevlar vest, a bulletproof vest with a Bucks logo on it. Did you see that, Ben? No. Oh, that's not – that's not right. Did not see that. That's cold, man. That's cold. 
Oh, did you? By the way, did you see that there was a shooting near a food truck in downtown Milwaukee, and the mayor blamed it on people that loiter because of food trucks? Also, no, did not see that. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it, it's it's the old Jimmy Buffett song: "If you just don't laugh, we'll all go crazy. We'll all go insane. You got to laugh, or we'll all go insane." Um, this is from Mark. Mark says, uh, "Hey, Bill, great show. I think the Packers, with all the nationally televised games." We'll get used to those late-day games. Wasn't it Matt LaFleur who said he likes noon contests? Uh, yeah, I think every coach does. I think every coach does. I think every coach likes the the noon game, the same routine. You know, get up early in the morning, get your guys ready. That's the only thing that can really affect their day. You know, rather than waiting till mid-afternoon or a late game or a Monday night game or Thursday night game, it takes them out of their routine. Players, athletes, they're creatures of habit. I just, I, they just are. I think every coach likes those games that are consistent. Same time, same routine, get into a groove. That's what you like as a coach. That's what you like as a, as a head coach or and or manager. I think that's what you like. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Mike listening to us in West Dallas. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's happening? I'm doing good. How you doing, Bill? Doing well. What you thinking today? Yeah, so in terms of Christian Yelich, I mean, you look at his two big years. He hit 326 and 328. Uh, mm-hmm. He's hitting 250 currently, so I, I don't know how anybody can say that he's back. He still has a good on-base percentage, though, so he still has maintained his eye at the plate. He gets into favorable counts. He just hasn't been capitalizing as much as he used to. For me, he, uh, a 300 average and on-pace for 30 home runs, I think, would be – that would be that'd be Yelich, right? I mean, he was MVP mm-hmm. one year and runner-up MVP uh, to Bellinger the other year. So for me, that's that. And then the other thing I wanted to comment on is, you know, you look in this lineup and the real weak spot is center field. I mean, that that platoon of Tyron Taylor and Lorenzo Cain is just not working out. I, I don't think either guy, you know, is really an everyday player uh, at this point. So for me, I want them to trade a guy like Adrian Hauser. Uh, for a center fielder who can hit, so the, the the Brewers they need more consistency in their lineup. They got a lot of you know 250 power guys. They need a guy that's going to hit you know 280 or better, uh, who's going to get on base and set the table for those guys. So I'd love to see them trade a guy like Hauser for a center fielder that can hit at the deadline. I think you could get a really good trade piece for Hauser because he's young, he's got a good arm, and he's got a lot of years of, of team control under his belt. So he's a valuable commodity. In, uh, commodity in the trade market and the brewers have a guy like ethan small uh in the minors right now he's got a two era uh at triple a right. he was their 2019 first round pick so i think you could get similar production uh from ethan small in, in place of uh, adrian hauser and i think you could really improve your lineup by having a center fielder that can hit 280 or better uh, at the top of your order. What what are your thoughts on that no i agree i i, I think they're only going to go so much longer uh, before they start looking to make a deal. Now, I will say you want to get try to get your, your roster healthy again, but I, I'll tell you this. Uh, Tyrone Taylor was just lighting it up down in uh, spring training, and you thought, boy, he's going to have a big year, and he was going to put pressure on somebody in the outfield, and he's had opportunities. He had a few moments, but he hasn't had consistency. Keston here are the same thing. They kept waiting for him to break through. Now he's back up again, playing first base today, kind of waiting to see what he's going to do. Every time he gets his, sh- his shot back in the majors, he ends up faltering. So, I agree. I think they're going to stick with this so long. And right now, you got a little bit of breathing room. You can kind of afford 
to just let it, let it ride out right now. But I think as things go on and guys continue to get better in the minors, I think eventually there's going to be a deal made if the hitting can stays this inconsistent. The problem is I don't think it's just one guy. You know, we have seen Adamas be up and down. He's giving you power numbers, but he doesn't give you anything else. We've seen at times Colton Wong be really, really good and then really, really cold. Christian Yelich the same. So uh, I think when they finally get everybody back together, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later, they'll let it ride a little bit. But I, I'm not going to be surprised at all to see the Brewers make some kind of a deal for another bat down the road, specifically in the month of July. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope they can. And, I mean, you, you have to do with the, the cards that you're dealt. I mean, the Brewers – I would say this, they have a lot of solid starters in their lineup, but they don't have a Freddie Freeman, right? They don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, like a a star, like a star offensive player that's going to consistently hit 300, hit for power. They don't have that guy. Would it be nice to have that guy? Absolutely. But I think that, you know, David Stearns has shown that he will make moves uh, when he thinks moves are warranted. So I think he will pull the trigger on getting them a bat. Uh, maybe even well before the trade deadline, because this lineup is just, they can't hit good pitching. I mean, every time they face the Braves, they, they, they just don't right. score any runs. So yep. uh, yeah, you can hit against bad pitching, but against good pitching, they struggle. So, yep. No doubt. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it, Mike. Talk to you soon, buddy. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Our friends over there at Cunis RV. If you're looking for a motorhome, a fifth wheel, a camper van, travel trailer, whatever it happens to be, go see my buddy Scott at the one down in Elkhorn or a Cunis RV dealership near you. They're all over the state of Wisconsin and in northern Illinois, as a matter of fact. They represent America's most reliable, best-selling RV and camper brands, such as Nexus, which is what we had last year, uh, Keystone, Winnebago, Redwood, Jayco, Dutchman, Forest River. Love Forest River. Forest River, beautiful, beautiful. So many different brands to choose from. You can stop in any one of their many locations. Take advantage right now of uh, the financing because everything's continuing to go up. So if you're thinking about it, do it now before it goes up any further, especially if you're not going to be taking any of those trips abroad, not going to be taking any big-time vacations because the prices continue to go up. Get an RV. Take a kind of some of the uh, area here in our own backyard. You can do staycations, you know. Biggest expense is some gas, and that's it. Not going to cost you a bunch of bunch of money to fly someplace and some of the other rising pri- prices in some of these other vacation spots. Get an RV. Go RVing. Get a camper. Tow behind. Whatever it happens to be. And if you're trying to sell one or trade it in, they're, they're the people to see. Uh, by all means, uh, go to Cunis. K-U-N-E-S. CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Tell them we sent you and just good people over there. But if you're going to go to the one down in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, go down there and see my buddy Scott Remmer. He's a GM down there. He makes all the decisions and all the deals. But uh, good stuff from our friends at CunisRV. Go to CunisRV.com. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Heading out tonight, maybe uh, maybe downtown Waukesha. 
head over to the nice ash the nice ash.com and uh, tonight uh, you know brewers playing a day game obviously so tonight maybe you head over and uh, just take it easy tonight if you're going to watch the uh, the western conference finals go down there sit back relax maybe do a, a fine whiskey scotch bourbon whatever it happens to be good cigar just sit in one of the big plush chairs up front or Sit at the bar, the tables in the back, whatever it happens to be. They've got something for everybody down there. Go to theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. Big supporter of veterans, too. Joette and her staff, huge supporter of veterans. And also help out uh, quite a bit with our uh, our motorcycle ride as well. So uh, if you're going to be heading anywhere, uh, maybe make a stop down there. Stop down there tonight. A reminder, coming up tomorrow, we are going to be live at the Social House, H-A-U-S, over on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And uh, whether you're coming out to see us or you're just going to stop in because you want to check out the new digs because they're going to have the grand reopening tomorrow, whatever it happens to be, stop over. And uh, don't forget, a portion of the proceeds are going to be given to Fisher House, Wisconsin as well. So can't say uh, thanks enough to Dan Dell and his staff for doing that for us. But good, good people. Uh, this one's from, uh, from Bub, B-U-B. Uh, Bub hits us up and says, uh, I'm one of those people that thinks that the Minnesota Vikings are real close to what the Packers are going to do. I think they're going to be trying to topple the Packers for the top spot in the NFC North. Let's face it, over the last few years, they have just been splitting the series between the two. The Packers don't have as much dominance in the division as you would think. Well, when you're winning the division every year, that is dominance in the division. Yes, it is. Um, and okay, well, even if they have been splitting and I agree with you, look, I'm, you know, the best competition over, uh, you know, the Packers have had in the division over, uh, you know, we'll say a decade, maybe two has pretty much been the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. The bears have been a far cry from, they're so far away from the 85 bears. It, that just that's what it, you know James Young the founder of Sticks who was on with us yesterday said we're still living on that that's what you know they they have made a Super Bowl run they just didn't win it obviously that year against Peyton Manning in the in the pouring down rain in uh in Miami and I think that was actually the Prince halftime Super Bowl um show as a matter of fact but they haven't been consistently good the team that's probably been the closest has been has been the Vikings. I agree with that. But don't tell me that they don't have dominance. Yes, they have. When you win it every year, the division, in the, if you're talking about just the division, that's dominance. <laughs> yes, it is. You can pretty much every year pencil in the Packers minus an injury to Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of been that way. You had the, the, the one year under Mike McCarthy is last year. You had uh, the final years of Mike Sherman as that team wasn't very good. But beyond that, they I mean, they've been pretty good. You know, remember, it was only one year for Ray Rhodes after Mike Holmgren left in 99-2000. But, yeah, they've been, they've been pretty good. The Packers have been pretty dominant when it comes to winning that division. Um, Taylor says, would we say Keston failed this year? I mean, he hit well in the spring. Uh, then the season started, and he only got uh, to play once every four or five days or so, and he had the best batting average until uh, the week he got sent down, played two days, and the batting average dropped into the 220s, but then went to AAA and got to play every day and was batting 400 at one point. 
Uh, I think you got to give him some consistent playing time, uh, or are they failing him? Um, that's a great question. That's a great question because can you give a guy who, when he gets consistency, when he gets consistency, he has hit. In the in the majors, he is not when he's had consistency. But I think what comes it, – it's hard because you, you've got to earn it, right? When you get your opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. That's what every manager, every head coach will ever tell you. Hey, we don't know when you're going to get your opportunity. But when you do, you got to take advantage of it. When he first got called up as, as his rookie year, he took advantage of it. He opened everybody's eyes, and everybody looked really wide at him and said, wow, this guy can hit. He can flat out right, right? And then it all went away when he did have opportunity. So the last couple of years I know have been kind of tough, and he had some personal issues going on with his mom and such uh, with the health, and that's all out of the way. So this year, great attitude, came in. I agree with you. Spring training, lit it up. Didn't do it in the bigs, but then again, didn't play every day. They're waiting for him to take advantage of the opportunity. He didn't. Not consistently. Then he goes down to the minors and he rakes. Then he gets to come back. Now he's going to get some opportunity to get some get some at-bats here. While Willie Adamas is down, he's playing first today. He's going to get some opportunities, especially with the DH being what it is. The, the, I mean, only he can hit the ball. How many opportunities do you give him for a team that is desperately right now in need of consistent hitting? So maybe Keston Hura, if he goes to another team, he begins to rake. And we're all going to put palm to forehead and go, what the hell did they do trading him away? Oh, my God. But he's not giving you consistency here because he cannot find an everyday spot because his bat is so inconsistent. That's not on anybody but Keston Hura. I hope he gets some consistency right now. I hope he's able to – and they've moved him around, let's be honest. I mean, they've moved him all over the place. And first base is not his position. Normally he's a second baseman, but he's proven over time, too, that he's not the best defensive second baseman. Colton Wong is far better. He's not going to displace Colton Wong. He's not going to place displace Willie Adamas or Urias or anybody else for that matter. So you play him at first. So I I agree with you. I think it's it's tough to it's it's tough to get him the at bats. You would like to get him to see what the litmus test could be. But who are you going to sit down to put in a guy you're just trying to see if he's actually going to be a big leaguer or not? You know, it's it's if you're the Brewers, it's a great conundrum to have because you know you've got talent, and you've got talent that most likely is better depth-wise than Keston Hira. But I just don't you get the gut feeling that if he becomes part of a trade, that he's going to, wherever he goes, he's going to go light it up. He'll go light it up somewhere. He'll get the opportunity, and all of a sudden he becomes the guy that everybody wanted him to be, and he starts hitting the hell out of the baseball, and most likely comes back at some point or another, and he haunts the Milwaukee Brewers. And you'll say, oh, my God, how do they let him go? But at the time, looking at the circumstances the way they are right now, what are you going to do with him? Who are you going to sit? And it's easy to say, well, play him here and play him there. But if, say, he goes to, I don't know, Say they trade him to the Reds, or say they trade him to a team in the American League. Say all of a sudden he's the everyday second baseman. Or the everyday first baseman, for that matter, which I think he's a little small to play first, but you get what I'm saying. 
Suppose he becomes the everyday guy. One position, one place, consistent at bats, and all of a sudden he starts to rake. That's probably the best situation for him, but you're not going to get it here now. You know? 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, please feel free to do so. Uh, again, a reminder, please, uh, tomorrow we're going to be out at uh, a couple of different things. We're going to be out at the Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road, out there on Menominee Falls. Come on out for the broadcast tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Or support Social House all weekend long because a portion of their proceeds goes to Fisher House, Wisconsin. And if you want to be a part of the motorcycle ride, you want to volunteer, you can do both, as a matter of fact. Uh, get a hold of us at vbomichaels at gmail.com. Or if you just want to get registered and you're following us on the Bud Light live stream like right now, you can scan the QR code and get registered and a lot of great prizes for pre-registration. When we come back, speaking of the ride, I will tell you who the band is going to be. I promise to do that. I'll tell you who the band is going to be for the uh, post-ride party, which we're going to announce today. So that's coming up next. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome! Glad to have you back. Hey, our friends over at Bud Light want me to remind you Wednesday Night Live is back. As a matter of fact, uh, I got win tomorrow. I, I think Leanne Hawk and uh, possibly uh, Josh Quinn uh, swinging by Social House tomorrow. They want to support what we're doing and obviously support the veterans and the Fisher House Charitable Foundation and the fund and everything that's going to be going on over there tomorrow for the broadcast and i told him i said if you're over there let us know because we'd love to talk about what's coming up at the wisconsin state fair park and the budweiser pavilion this coming uh, music season which begins a week from today a week from tonight so uh can't wait which it's all brought to you by our friends at bud light bud light and bud light hard soda that's seltzer with a pop of soda the loudest flavors ever classic cola cherry citrus soda orange soda they got it all but uh, it's all uh, going to be out at the uh, wisconsin state fairgrounds and the budweiser pavilion starting Next Wednesday night, Rebel Grace takes the stage. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. ESPN Steve said, uh, didn't they say the same thing about Scooter Jeanette? I agree. Remember, Scooter Jeanette, for like two years in Cincinnati, just raked. Just, I mean, when he went down there and became the everyday second, second baseman, he all of a sudden became like a fan favorite. He was hitting the ball. He was hitting the hell out of the baseball. And then, gone he went through this two-year period year and a half period where he could do no wrong um and then just it just went away just faded away now again it's there's always because it's baseball there's always the stigma of what did you do what did you take you know and then hey when they started cracking down or maybe when they started talking about you know uh, all the problems with sign stealing. It's all of a sudden your power, your batting, your hitting, everything you were doing was all went by the wayside. So you always question it. And I don't, I don't blame people for that, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting that he was just on fire. He could do no wrong. And then all of a sudden gone, just gone, man. Went by the wayside. Uh, 877-867-1670, hit us up. By the way, the Brewers have finally dented the plate. 
Uh, Christian Yelich just came home on a, a base knock, so it's now four to one. Four to one as the uh, Brewers trail Atlanta down at American Family Field. Uh, our buddy Paul, he says, uh, hey, uh, bringing up the statistics about Christian Yelich, does he know this? Maybe Christian Yelich needs to stay off of Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure now he's been made aware of it. I'm sure that when Evo and uh, the guys posted that earlier today, Ben, did they, they posted that out. Did they tag the Brewers in that or just tag Yelich or did they do any of that? No, I was the only one who posted it. Maybe I oh, should. Oh, you cam- did. I should campaign for a job as his PR guy. Maybe. Don't don't go to the social aspects. Don't don't hit the social platforms. Otherwise, you're going to jinx yourself. Maybe. Or tweet okay. something when you when you suck, and then maybe it'll help you get better. So you're trying to change the change the direction. Okay. Just like complete mojo switch. All right. Um, this is from, uh, from Jeff who says, uh, Bill, can you imagine? Oh my goodness. He sent me a picture. He said, uh, this happened down in St. Petersburg, Florida, St. Petersburg beach, Florida. Uh, A woman woke up and heard a splash late at night in her screened in porch with pool an 11 foot, 550 pound gator crashed through the screen because it wanted to get into the cool water of the deep pool yesterday morning. Okay. Well, at that point, first of all, uh, I'd be sleeping in a diaper because I'd crap my pants if I woke up and saw an 11-foot gator floating around my pool. Uh, Secondly, it sure makes you think about swimming at night. (laughs) No, thank you. That's the last thing you would need. And uh, think about it. If you've got a screened-in porch, screened-in porch, you feel pretty safe. Say you leave the door open at night to the screened-in patio, which then leads into your screened-in bedroom. And then you got to worry about gators crashing through. It's bad enough, like out in Arizona, you got to worry about scorpions and snakes. But now you got to go down to Florida and worry about gating. No, no, thank you. I mean, in the North Woods, I guess you worry about bears uh, around like your garbage and such. If you have your garbage outside, you know, every now and then you get a bear that decides to rummage through it. Maybe a raccoon every now, but you know, maybe a cougar or a bobcat. But those are so rare to see, and they don't want any part of human beings. They want to get the hell away. But you wake up and find a snake or a gator, it's over. I was actually, when I was getting ready to take the job uh, at the uh, the Packers flagship station uh, back in 1999, I had interviewed in 98, in the December uh, of 98. But then I came back for the second interview in January of 99. When I got to Milwaukee, uh, that was the day after Milwaukee got 17 inches of snow over the weekend. And I was like, it was some of the most snow I'd ever seen because we'd gotten a couple of big snows in Ohio, but nothing like that. So I interviewed here, and then I was also being interviewed by a radio station out in Arizona. So I flew to Phoenix right after the interview here, and I flew to Phoenix, and I was on the golf course getting interviewed there. When I got hired, when I got the call to come back to Milwaukee, they wanted to hire me and bring me back here. And I was kind of thinking, boy, this whole Phoenix thing, this is nice, man. I I like this. Uh, But... I wanted to be close to my kids. I wanted to be close to my dad, my mom, and everything, you know. But uh, the kind of the, the deciding factor, I, I, I've told this story a thousand times. I, I'm really deathly afraid of snakes. Now, when my, my, my buddy had one, he had a great big boa constrictor. It took everything I had, but I didn't mind holding on to that thing and wrapping it around your neck t- type of thing and walking around with it. That, but the little ones that come out of the ground, and say, it just freaks me out. And, yeah, when I hit the ball off the golf course. Have you ever played golf out in Arizona, Ben? 
No, I need to. So the one thing you'll see in the desert is do not retrieve ball. When it goes into some of these sandy areas where areas you'll see golf courses where only the fairway is grass. Everything else around it is sand. And they tell you don't retrieve the ball because when you, what happens is that the rattlesnakes are under the sand and they see the ball move and they think it's an animal of some type because it hits and it rolls and it stops. They're waiting for it to move again to strike. So if you go out there and you go to reach down to grab the ball, you can get bit by a snake. That was it for me. Uh, okay, I'm done. I always take, whenever I've taken my clubs to Arizona, I buy crap balls. I mean, just like, you know, that bag of balls that just says balls. There's no, there's no logo on it. It's not Nike. It's not Titleist. It's not TaylorMade. It's none of that. It just says balls. That's what I buy when I go to Arizona. Because if it goes into the desert or goes into the sand, pff, I don't care. I don't care at all. I won't go retrieve them. Freaks me out, man. So, yeah, gator in the pool. Eh. Snake under the grass when I'm out there golfing. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'd be out there playing golf in diapers. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, driving range balls. Absolutely, Andrew. You got it. Big bag of driving range balls. I'll take them with me. You know, the only time I'll use a regular ball is when I putt. Then I'll use a Pro V1. Got a softer touch. I'll use a Pro V1. Other than, pfft, no, never. Not happening. Not happening. I'm, I'm freaked out by that stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. Uh, this segment brought to you by people who are neurotic like myself. Thank you very much. More of the Bill Michael Show. Final segment next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you. Final segment on a Wednesday. Enjoying the day. Uh, Brewers have cut the lead of the Atlanta Braves in half. It's now 4-2 in the top of the fifth with Corbin Burns still on the hill. So hopefully the Brewers can come back and take the lead and win the uh, the third game of this rubber match, which would be fantastic. Good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, uh, Hey, unit, uh, this is from Scotty Dave. He says, I can't believe you didn't talk about the Bucks in six and David Bakhtiari being back at the, uh, he calls it the Bradley Center, uh, to chug a beer. It was wild down there. Nobody mentioned it. I did see that. Um, it was, you know, it's great to see Bakhtiari. I, you know, I didn't really help him win, but it was good to see. It's, it's a, you know what that is? That is one of those, what, what you would call like a folksy moment, you know, a folksy moment. It's, it's a, a you know, a very well-known player, a Green Bay Packer, and, you know, first of all, supporting the Milwaukee Bucks. Secondly, doing what Wisconsinites do, you know? <laughs> we, You know, chugging a beer, enjoying the day, high-fiving, foam all over your face. You're good to go, man. Problem was the team didn't win. That's it. Problem was the team let them down. Yeah, it was cool the first time. Yeah. It's uh, it's now it's it put it this way. It's now a thing. He has to do it every time he's there. That's the thing is, is it's expected now. So if you see David Bakhtiari in the house, no beer is safe. Well, when are we going to ask if that's really the best thing for his diet going into the season? Right. I know. 
I'm kidding. Well, I'm sure right after that, he he probably is in the midst of a cleanse, so it probably fell right out of him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what is uh, what is Paul Christ's salary? Do you know off the top of your head? Ooh, uh, four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. No, it's got to be more than that. Oh yeah, it is much more than that. Five point two five million. I was gonna say it's got to be a lot more than that. Um, now here you go. Here's the difference. Ohio State they extended the football coach Ryan Day. They added a couple of more years on his contract. He's now signed through 2028. He is now making 9.5 million a year. Now, wasn't it? Did, did wasn't it uh, the Southern Liar and Brian Kelly? Didn't he get 10 million a year, a 10 year, hundred million dollar contract? Wasn't that what he signed at LSU? 10 year, 95 mil. 95 million, so almost, you know, 9.5 million a year. So now Ryan Day is making the same amount of money per year as the Southern Liar. That is Brian Kelly. You know what I want to see? I want to see Brian Kelly crash and burn. Something just go horrifically wrong. And he has to take a job like, say, in he's got to go coach UMass, you know? And suddenly he's got the, you know, the, the northern Massachusetts accent, you know? I want to see him, A, either appear one day and look like Ed Orgeron with the same skin complexion, or B, have that happen to him and then have like a Rick Rick Patino. He has to go to Iona and try to fix yeah. that program. Uh, well, but- I want to see him go to, go to Massachusetts because I want to hear him say like, you know, somebody give me my khakis, you know, Chowda. instead of khaki pants. His, yeah, his, his khakis, right? not khaki pants, khaki khakis for his guy. You know, suddenly something like that happens. That's what I. That's what I want to see. So we can just because he's already been exposed. But I just want to see how he morphs into whatever situation he has. He's he's the chameleon of coaches. Send him to Louisville. He has to get strippers for all the recruits. I know, right? Yeah, him and Papa John. Who's send him, no longer Papa John. Send him to Minnesota. He has to shave his head and be a douchebag. Oh my God! Yeah, he's rowing his boat. All right. There's a whole whole motorboat joke there I, I choose not to make. <laughs> College coaches are the best. Like, you don't get this kind of dra- – I love the yeah. NFL to death, but you don't get this kind of stuff. No, America. no, not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, what was the – what's the most drama you get? The, lately, the most drama you get would be what? Sean McVay doing muscle curls or something or, you know, Shanahan calling to see if Aaron Rodgers was available. You don't get any coach hate. I mean, the last time you saw any coach drama was what? Well, Brian, like all Brian Flores, all of the coach yeah, drama well, yes, yes, is wildly yes. controversial. It isn't Correct. a guy named Brian Kelly pissing off the entire northern section of the country to then go to Louisiana and right, develop a right. fake accent. Um, and TikToks. You know, I, I mean, well, really, I guess the last controversy short of the Brian Flores type of situation was probably Mike McCarthy in the Bleacher Report article, right? Where Mike's upstairs getting massages and rub downs and stuff, while the rest of the offensive unit is downstairs in the uh, in the film room. At least that was the report. You know, Mike's upstairs getting oiled up. <laughs> There's a visual for you. Um, I I mean I would go back to like Ditka when he remember he took the wedding picture with Ricky. Uh, was it Ricky Williams when they traded for him on draft day? Oh yeah, and they made the cover of Sports Illustrated and. Ditka was next to him and he was wearing the wedding dress, you know? Um, 
Yeah, the Raiders coach, you know, go back to John Gruden, I guess, getting busted, or the Raiders coach who actually punched uh, punched an assistant. You had the two coaches that got into the fight. What was the coach's name that got into the fight in New York and got canned like the next day for the Giants? I, got, I can't remember his name. But you had a little bit of that. But you you don't have what I'm talking about is you don't have that that flamboyant guy you love to hate, the caricature you love to hate, you know? Oh, I forgot to mention this yesterday. Speaking of someone I enjoy hating, Coach K made around $12 million last year. Yeah, well, you figured he would. But then it it hasn't come out for this year yet, which I'll be excited to comment on. It's probably going to be about the same. What do you think it's going to be, 12, 13, 15 in his final year? You know? He'll get, he probably got a nice bonus, and he's got more money than he'll know ever what to do with, and off he goes. Has to pay the documentary crew that followed them around everywhere. Right, right. Probably pestered the players when they were supposed to be playing well. When's that 30 for 30 going to come out? Hopefully never. I If it does, I'm going to tag it, and I'm going to keep tweeting it to you. Again, Jay Wright retired after the Final Four was well over. All right? class. Not even close to a distraction. Right, he should be the model of college coach. Why did he? Why did he choose then to do it though? It's probably because he wanted his guy in place. Where Coach K had the power to choose his guy. Jay Wright just wanted his guy to take over, and he didn't want to make it about himself. Well, yeah, yeah, he didn't want to make it about himself. But boy, you hate Coach K. There reaches a point where it becomes too easy. Yeah. I enjoy you, joking you, about these things. Yeah, you grab the low-hanging fruit on Coach K. I agree with all that. the time, <laughs> all the time. So anyway, yeah, that's the uh, the news of the day. Uh, the uh, Ohio State extends the uh, the uh, contract of Ryan Day, who's now making nine and a half million a year. Nine and a half million a year. I would like know. it if he went to the NFL. Really, Ryan Day. Yeah, I want I him out of the Big Ten. He's a good coach. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know why he would. Well, I would like it if he did. It, but here's the thing. If Ryan Day left, you know who's taking over that program. Oh, God. Luke Fickle. Oh. Out of Cincinnati. Luke Fickle would go back north. That's Luke's school. I thought you were going to say Urban Meyer would come back. Oh, God, no. God, no. <laughs> God, no. They're done with Urban Meyer. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, they'll no, always Luke be Luke Fickle would go back. But maybe yeah. I can convince myself – in that instance, that maybe they'll take a step backwards. And it'll last until the season starts. The scary thing is, is Luke Fickle, I think, is a better coach than Ryan Day. I would agree. And he just got an opportunity. Had had Luke Fickle stayed, chances are he gets, he gets that gig. He would be the head coach of Ohio State. Timing is everything sometimes. But, but, um... You know, I, I th- personally, I think he's the better coach. Jerry Glanville was another one, the ultimate coach to hate. Jerry, you're right about that. Remember you had characters. You had Bum Phillips. Remember Bum Phillips? You had Bum Phillips on one side, cowboy boots, cowboy hat, all that stuff. Remember, then you had Tom Landry, button down, the fedora. You know, you had the the the, the preeminent class of class, you know. Yeah, Jerry Glanville, who was who was kind of crazy, and Mike Ditka, who was a little bit crazy. We all know that. Who else? You had some really flamboyant coaches back in the day, man. Big time. Hank Stram was another one. He was kind of a caricature himself. You go, but wait, that's going way back. But 
you had some you had some pretty wild coaches throughout the years. Coaches with and then there was Denny Green. Denny Green was a you know <laughs> crown him crown her asses. You had another you had a lot of character back then. You don't have that same character today, you know. They're all they're all GQ guys, you know. Sean McVay, Shanahan, Matt Lafleur. You got all these guys that look like they came off the covers of GQ magazine, and they kind of smile, they laugh a little, you know. There's really nothing caricature wise about them. All right, tomorrow we are live. We're at the social house. Come out and join us. Come out and get some breakfast. Come out and get some lunch. Maybe a beverage. Come out and enjoy the show. We hope to see you tomorrow. We're going to be live at the social house on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. To- <clears throat> When you begin the uh, campaign tomorrow, start on-site registration, uh, pre-registration for the motorcycle ride, and tomorrow and all throughout the weekend, they're going to give a portion of the proceeds to Fisher House, Wisconsin. Come out and support some vets tomorrow as well. Time for us to go. Have a go one. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.